best and that's why I play the game. To be the best, you have to win. And that's what drives me. Glasses, jacket, shirt, man. <laughs> Call me glasses, jacket, shirt, man. Cause we back, man. Oh, we back, man. Had to give a shout out to my guy, Super Hot Fire, cause we back with some Super Hot Fire for y'all. <laughs> um, and Jay, we back. Hidden takes episode fifteen, man. That the, it's it's finally here. Playoffs okay. are right around the corner. Um, this is this is as a as a fan, you look forward to this day. You look forward to this week. We got play-ins, I guess we should say, and then playoffs, which I'm excited for both. We got some crazy matchups. To look forward in the playing game, some big names. We got Katie, um, Trey Young, looking like Lamelo Ball, just ri- rising stars, um, superstars who've been on the on the on the radar for a minute. But Jay, how you feeling? This is this is big time, big time coming up. Um, got my mic booming now. I got that new mic working. But shoot, what's up, Jay? Talk what's, to me. What's up, Jay? Hey, look, I'm good and I'm happy to be here. See see you, my brother. Be be here with the family, talking to the family. But Jay, man. I mean, you know what we like to do here on the pod is get straight to it, Jay. And I mean, it ain't no secret I'm a Lakers fan, Jay. It ain't no secret that I'm a Lakers fan, Jay. And it's recently <laughs> been tough. It's yeah. been tough being a Lakers fan, Jay. So to be to on it to answer to honestly answer that question, I'm I'm doing all right, Jay. I'm doing all right, Jay. The yeah. team, the team that had all the hype, where I had Braun, that had AD, that had Russ, that had all of these vets, bro. Man, unfortunately. Couldn't get it done for whatever, you know, there are reasons we'll talk about it, Jay. But to answer your question, I'm not doing too good, dog. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man, I, I, you, you kind of you took the, the took the thunder. I was I was I mean, all along I had my my questions about whether it be Russ, the Lakers, um, as you mentioned, uh, the injury, the injuries, the veteran pieces that they brought on. It was always concerning to me, but even though, regardless, I had them as a three seed, and that was strictly because of Bron and AD. I thought that would lead them, um, th- no matter how much I saw, we saw the deficiencies in their roster. Or me personally, Jay, I know you're you're rocking with them because it's your squad, and also not even that um, because of Bron, because of their history. Um, Volgo had led them to a championship. We can't overlook that before, but now that we see. Those those moves that they made in the offseason, bringing in Russ, getting rid of Alex Caruso, getting rid of Kyle Kuzma, getting rid of Contavious Caldwell-Pope, ultimately at the end of the day, we kind of say that kind of backfired on them and they weren't able to perform. They weren't able to um, to succeed. They weren't even able to make the play on game. The, the Lakers finished seven are currently 17 um, games below 500 as we speak here on April um, 7th, 2022. Um, with three games for most teams left, I believe three games for the Lakers left in the season, 17 games below 500. I mean, no one could have predicted this, honestly. I, I saw them being a playing team, not making the plans, just just baffling. Um, despite their injury rows, we saw them with AD and LeBron only at 500, 11 and 11. Um, you add in Russell Westbrook to that mix. Just all bad for, for the Lakers, man. But Jay, you are one of the biggest Laker fans I know um, represent the hashtag Lake show and everything. I want to get your initial thoughts about this season. Um, some quick, we even talk about off season, what moves they can make, because we know, we both know that they don't have much room to make moves. They traded away their picks. Um, they have a lot of, they have a lot of money on that roster, including uh, Russell Westbrook's 
Brooks, excuse me, um, $44 million contract um, that I believe he has two or three years left on. But Jay, talk to me. I know that was long rant, but man, I know you got a lot to say about this season and, and your frustrations or, or things they could have done. Just talk to me about this season. Get your, get your thoughts off, man. Get your, man, get your Jay. <laughs> I'm going I'm to honestly start at the beginning of all this, man. In the summer when the Lakers got Russell Westbrook. At first, my first initial reaction was, I was like, what? Why in the world would you get Russell Westbrook? Doesn't, can't, you're not a shooter. You can't pair him alongside with LeBron James. Like, what are you doing? And then you know, as the days kind, kind of started to go by, it started, I'm not going to lie, it started to kind of sit in me. I was like, oh, okay. Like, but, and this is all before the season started, all right? So I'm like, okay, maybe maybe what they're going to do is LeBron is 37. He's, I mean, father time is undefeated. He's starting to go down. I think what they're going to do is they're going to run a Westbrook and AD show for the regular season and then come come playoffs man it'll be it'll be lebron and ad and honestly like now that i've seen what russ westbrook play this season like I, like a westbrook and ad show isn't enough to get him to the playoffs but in in retrospect and like when i was thinking of this last year like when i was seeing russ play last year i seen ad play last year prior to this and so prior to this year i'm thinking yeah russ and ad are definitely enough to get the lakers at least at least to the playoffs then when once they get there lebron knows what to do he's a veteran he's been there multiple times um so i'm kind of started to be be happy with it i'm like all right well maybe it worked out we gave up a lot but maybe it worked out um sometime you know sometime goes by the season starts i really wasn't too worried in the beginning because i mean it's really tough you know it's tough integrating a player like russell westbrook especially he doesn't even fit with lebron period but and then having to having to in, 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 uh, integrate him um so i wasn't really worried you know come probably for the first 20 to 30 games uh, probably 20 25 games i really wasn't that that worried i was like oh, well i'm not i'm not worried they haven't had health they haven't had a chance to figure it out um russell russell westbrook has been playing bad no way he's keeps playing like this all season <laughs> boy was i wrong um i was i i, I was like oh, we, they got time to figure it out what they got is vets that have been there before they will figure this out didn't you know come come a little closer to playoffs <laughs> wasn't figuring it out but I, I i need to put that it wasn't just like the lakers just had a a, co- a complete collapse because like health was was like health health was terrible like and anthony i say this all the time i think lebron james is the most important player on that team but i think anthony davis is like the, the best player on that team like when he's at his fullest like He's just that's AD that's a, supposed to be AD's team. And when you have your best player only play 40 games, that's like that's that's less than that's that's almost like less than half of the games that, that, that they got going on. So they got AD, an important player, a vital piece. And even we talk about all the time, Jay, AD makes that Laker defense go without AD. That Lakers defense isn't going. So you, you, AD plays 40 games. They struggle with AD off the court and when he comes on the court he's just not the he's just not the same guy. He's just not the same guy. Like I've been watching him since since his Pelican days. I I I know what 2020 championship AD looks like. He's just not the same guy, Jay. He's just just not as aggressive on defense. It's very timid on offense. Tries to take fadeaways on like when like Tyler Hero is guarding him. Like he he's just not the same guy and it, it, it's he just simply in my opinion um and I've, I've 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 talked to you about this off camera all the time i think he got satisfied he got his championship not tripping and 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 i think that's terrible and it pisses me off because that's not what the what the nba is about it's not what the it's not what the lakers are about it's not what lebron's about i mean we got we he had lebron at 37 years old out there play, having to play the five bro and then 
on top of all that, you already know what I'm gonna say. Get Jay. Frank Fogel out of here. Jay, Jay, okay. Jay. So you you bring me you bring me to my next point, my next question, my next topic of concern. So that's let's let's get into the offseason. You you mentioned Frank, you want Frank Vogel out. Okay. But I look at that roster and I and I think that number one, because I, I, I just personally equate it to number one, we'll talk about the Nuggets and the Warriors. I look at those two teams, they they were without Michael Porter Jr. majority of the season. Jamal Murray, majority of the season. Um, it, push it to the Warriors without Draymond Green for almost half the season. He was only played 42, 43, 43 games at this point. AD played about four. He's going to, at the end of the season, he'll probably play half the season. So similar. Clay missing uh, beginning of, of the season, first two, three months. And then um, Steph now at the end of the season. So the Warriors have had their ba- injury battles and the Nuggets have had their injury battles. But where I see the shift and the difference between the Lakers, the Warriors, and the Nuggets is their ro- roster's construction, or what I've said from the beginning of the season. So I look at, you know, you so your Frank Vogel point and you wanted him out. We've seen when he has the roster depth in the bubble when they had Alex Caruso coming off the bench, they had Dwight Howard, they had JaVale McGee, they had Rajon Rondo. They had an elite bench, one of the deepest teams, in my opinion, in, in the league. They even had a young Taylor Horton Tucker, who obviously has been a big disappointment this season, who had a lot of expectations going into this season. But where, where I, well, the reason I bring that up is because I, I think it's a lot to put on Frank Vogel. Yes, he's had some questionable rotations. I don't deny that. But I do do see these other teams with a lot of depth, with a lot of weapons. Um, I will say Mike Malone has done an extremely great coaching job. He he has to be considered in the coach of the year. I don't think he's going to win it, but he has to be considered. But there's plenty of teams with a lot more depth who guys who have bought into the system, even just younger guys. That's the um, Denver Nuggets who just have young players um, who are willing to buy into that system. So that's why I say an excuse for Frank Vogel would be this Lakers roster just wasn't it. Just bringing in Carmelo Anthony, not really a good fit. I mean, he's he's had a decent season um, to his standards, especially for what they need. But the rest of that roster, you know, an aging Dwight Howard, Jay, I I just my point is, I think it's a lot to put on Frank Vogel, a guy who has won a championship. Who's brought those Pacers teams um, at the beginning of his career to the Eastern Conference Finals? So. I don't know what you have to say to that, but I, I, I see there's a lot of teams who battled injuries, but for, in his defense, the Lakers roster was just piss poor in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I blame most of it on Frank because like, I, I, and I, and I've even told you this, like even that 2020 championship, I don't think he was like, wow, the Lakers just won because of great coaching. And just like, he just, no, the Lakers won because could nobody handle LeBron and AD that year. And, and, and they, and they had a, and they had a, a, a good a good deep roster but i think that the biggest issue with this year was i think that this lakers team was an offensively built team a team built to score it wasn't a team built to play defense and frank fogel is a defensive minded coach so he was running this defensive minded lineups out there which would end up having um trevor ariza play more minutes than stanley johnson and i've, I've said this I've, th- that should not be happening like ever. And, and I've watched, I've watched every single Lakers game this season and I have watched it happen on multiple occasions. And, and, and that's an issue. And I, that was also an issue that I was seeing in the 2020 uh, uh, season too. But 
when you're winning, winning solves everything, bro. You know what I'm saying? When you're winning, people going to shut up about whatever, about, about the littlest stuff. So, you know, it kind of slid under the rug. And I think that now when he really had to take on a challenge of a coach, because I think the biggest challenge of a coach is, you know, take a bad team and, 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 and turn them into a good team or a decent team. And he ain't even been able to do that, man. So, I mean, honestly, uh, definitely, in my opinion, we need to get Frank Fogel the heck out of here. Come, um, come play, uh, come, come next, come off season, and um, and Bron, man, I mean, just salute to Bron, respect to Bron out there, did his thing this season, bro. Uh, I, I think he only needs to play just two more games to be uh, eligible to win the scoring title, which, which he'll probably do with like the, the these last three games left, and um, I mean. It was just the Bron show out there this year, man. And that's and that's that's really it for the Lakers. Lakers, bad defense. Um, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, how you have a freaking defensive-minded coach and still have bad defense? So, that's it's bad, Jay. But, yeah, that's my thoughts, Jay. We got to get Frank out. <laughs> Frank out, huh? You think that, that solves everything, though? No, like, not everything. That, that yeah. doesn't solve everything, but that's mm-hmm. a big start because now we can mm-hmm. – if we have an offensive-minded team, let's get an offensive-minded coach in there and let's run – Mm-hmm. Let's run like that. If we want to play defense, okay, let's get some of these de- defensive players in, back in the team, back on the team. But right now, that's just not where we are. And like how you said, the, the, the Lakers don't really have much wiggle room um, unless a team is just willing to, uh, like a bad team is just willing to take on Russell Westbrook. So, so are you willing to? I, I so you that brings up my my last final point and topic for for the Lakers. And that's being they got to make a move personnel wise. Um, and, and I look at they don't have a lot of assets outside of those big three, which they came in initially. And let's call it what it is. It was a big three, a super team. These are all three top 75 players. We can't ignore that. They're all former um, two of them, two of the three former MVPs. One could be argued that AD has had a few MVP type years and performances. Um, despite maybe having injuries. So I look at that, Jay, and my question to you is, in order, in my opinion, in order for the Lakers to even compete and be relevant, not even relevant, they'll always be relevant because of LeBron um, and AD as long as he's there. But I look at those three and I say, one of them's probably got to go and, and to get at least some, some, some package back that might fit better um, and, and get more assets, more even two and three can be better than one star. And I, you're, you're definitely not getting rid of LeBron, especially what he can bring box office wise, selling tickets as he chases Kareem um, to get the number one scoring all time. Then I look at Re- Russell Westbrook, Rook, um, excuse me. He has one of the worst contracts in the NBA, if not the worst, no team's really going to want him. Um, in, in my opinion, um, especially him not being proven and, and proven time and time again this season that he's not willing to take a back seat and step into a, a bench role um, where he might not be playing the end of end of games, where he might not be starting. I don't see at this point he's willing to do that. Maybe China is the next step for, for Westbrook in his career. I don't think him seeing him doing that, but the, I think that might be the best step. So I look at Anthony Davis, and that's where I see a player who you may not want to let go of um, Laker, like the Lake show, like Laker nation might not want to get rid of him, but I see him as the best opportunity for 
you you I think y'all owe, you owe it, not you the Lakers organization front office, whatever it be. What we heard what Magic his thoughts about Demar over Westbrook Westbrook, um, and and, and those talkets of, of in the past off season, the most recent off season, but. My question is, would you consider getting rid of Anthony Davis? Like that that's the easiest piece um, that would be able to move. I understand um, that he might be less valuable because of his, the injury concerns. So you might be better off holding on to him. But if, if a team comes knocking on the door and says, we'll give you a package of, of two players, you know, pretty high level, maybe for, for instance, you know, Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma. I don't know. Just just some package like that where it's a borderline. It's a star, um, not a top level star. And, and you get some pieces back. Would you be willing to give up Anthony Davis? Because as I see it right now, I don't see the Lakers really competing with the current roster next season. I think it's going to be a little bit of the same. Uh, a lot of the same. Uh, honestly, no, like not at all. Like I think that if LeBron and AD would have played this season, in my opinion, the Lakers would have been in the playoffs. Like because you're talking about LeBron James in my opinion, the greatest player of all time. And it's not like he's, dro- I know he's 37, but he's not, he's dropped. He's not dropping off. Like he balled out, balled out this season. And I think that if you would have paired him up with AD, a healthy AD, AD all season, I think that, you know, AD still would have had his little slump games that he was having. But I think that an 82 game season, he would have figured, he, he would have figured that it, he would have figured it out a lot quicker because instead of only playing in 40 games, he would have been able to play in more. And he would have got those, the, those reps up with LeBron and, I am a huge believer in, and and I know like to people who don't like the Lakers, this might sound like a, like a Homer take or, or, or whatever is however you say that. But I, I am a huge believer and I'm standing firm on the fact that if you have LeBron and AD healthy, you have a chance to be in that playoffs. Now, do you have a chance to compete for a title? Now that's when you need other, other pieces. And that's when I think, uh, I know you, you like kind of like joke about, you talk about, you know, Kendrick Nunn and stuff like that, but that's when I think players like that are going to come into huge, like players, like players, like Kendrick Nunn, um, we, players like Stanley Johnson, players like DJ Augustine. Right. But what I think, cause I, personally, I don't think Lakers should get rid of AD. I just, he's 28. He's in the technically the prime of his NBA career. He's, he's been in the NBA for some time. He knows how the game goes. He's not old. So he's technically in his prime of his career. And a player like AD, even though he had a slumped a slumped ear, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think he I don't think it's like the monsters. I don't think he like just lost all his talent. I think he's still there. It's just whether it be dry with motivation, whether it be whatever. I mean, I hope this motivates him. <laughs> I'm not making a play in and getting embarrassed like that. I hope that motivates him. Um, but to answer your question, Jay, no, I personally wouldn't trade AD. I would try to go along the routes of all, any anybody else really i would i would really start going with w- with tht uh austin reeves even even start starting to go towards towards uh towards mellow malik monk it, it really in my opinion anybody besides lebron and ad okay. but again okay, i just wanted to get your feel on that but again uh, like i i also want this to be taken with a grain of salt because it's going to be hard to get anything with that so you know yeah yeah absolutely yeah i wanted to get your take on that and uh and i, and I I understand those are your two prime pieces, um, the most that you have to offer, but definitely you could get some value back. And I, I just want to note, I did see, uh, did hear that that snippet from from the shop about LeBron saying, you know, he wants to play with Bronny. And then if he, t- he said they asked him about league player, current player, um, well, Steph. Yeah. 
He said, he said, he said, Steph would be his, his current player in the league. Hey, Ron, you know, you know, you're a big fan of the show. <laughs> love to have you in the Bay, man. Would love to have you in the Bay if you want to play. Just thought I'd add that little, little snippet, though. Hey, hey Ron, yeah, if you want to come up to the Bay, go, come on, come on down. Yeah, yeah, we would, we would love you, love to have. But, anyways, oh, man. You funny. Um, let's keep it pushing. Love, love to get your, love hearing your thoughts on the Lakers and everything like that. Um, disappointing season for sure. But let's talk about some positives. The Chris Paul effect. You know, n- numbers don't always tell the whole stories, but in this certain instance, and, and we're, we're going to talk about this, um, fr- in the past four years, the past four seasons, um, he set the franchise records and wins. Um, so he, they're, they're following, wins are following him wherever he goes. Um, Sorry, the not the past five years, but with the four teams that he's been with. So, in 27, 2008, the Nor- with the New Orleans Hornets, um, he led them to a franchise record, 56 um, wins and 26 losses. And the, with the LA Clippers um, in, in 2013, 2014, he led them to a franchise record with 57 wins and 25 losses. Follow that up four years later um, in Houston, in 2017 and 2718 season was 65 wins and 17 losses and followed in this year, this past season or this upcoming year um, and counting the Phoenix Suns, um, the 2021-22 season was 63 wins and 16 losses, Jay. At a certain point, you just got to say, like, Chris Paul is a winner. Um, and, I, and people always joke, like, oh, he doesn't have a title. He doesn't have this. But, but let, let's we always hear leaguers talk about it. And I f- feel like fans and just just people in general kind of equate being a winner and all that with winning a title. But you don't understand the fact that the, the, what we tend to forget and it's easy to forget is all that goes into winning a title, the luck, the injuries, the things that all lead up and have to come together in order to win a title. But doing it consistently, going to a new franchise and leading them to a franchise high, franchise record, and wins. Um, wherever you go, the four franchise prizes that you've been, you've touched, um, you've been a part of that organization, speaks volumes about who you are as a player. I know Chris Paul isn't the most liked player um, around. People find him annoying. I can't even say there's times where I can't stand the dude. But what? But what's a fact is the dude is a proven winner. Wherever, whatever he touches turns to gold. I know he doesn't have his ring yet. But there's a good chance he he might he's in a position for his team to win again consistently, man. The dude is just a pure winner, man. And just had thought I'd add this, but Jay, how are you feeling? What what do you what's the what's your take on Chris Paul and every franchise he's set? The franchise record for wins that with with each franchise he's been at, man. I, I can't say speak more about that. Man, Chris Paul, Jay, honestly, that that was a great like. I, I loved how you, you you broke that down and explained that, Jay, because I, I agree. You know, most of the league, there is that interpretation. Oh, Chris Paul is not a winner. Like, he's, he's he hasn't won anything. But right there, like, that's the proven facts of, like, man, every he's improved every team that he's been at. And that's what Chris Paul is all about, man. He does, like, the smallest, the littlest things to make sure that that that, that, that his team gets to win. And – I mean, it's, it's, it's just proven, right. You know, it's, it's just, his, it's proven right there. It's extremely impressive, man, honestly, um, to see a player, to, to see a player like CB3 do that. And on, and even at, at his age, because I, I like, again, like, I think that the big news and the big storyline takes LeBron's 37, 
but Chris Paul is also 37, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 another thing that like I keep talking about. And I'm like, yeah, like LeBron, and I'm not taking nothing away from LeBron. I mean, I'm the first one to give LeBron roses, but I'm saying Chris Paul 37 doing the same thing, but leading the league, <laughs> right? And like yeah. doing all and 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 yeah, better roster, all that, but still doing it, man. And he's the point guard of that team. Um, and I'm just happy to see Chris Paul revive his career, man. I know that I, I really thought that when he went to OKC, it was kind of more going to go downhill and it was just going to be the end of CP3's career. Uh, but and then I know he, he he ended up going vegan and like changed everything. And he said, like, that changed his whole life. Like he just start, he felt young again, felt like a hoop. And and then now, man, I'm, they're just um, <laughs> the Phoenix Suns have a very good chance of winning the championship this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's wild, man. And I, I misspoke on that just to correct myself with. Uh, so he's been on five franchises, um, but with the Oklahoma City, they did not set the, the franchise record. But still, four out of four out of the five franchises went been with um, he, he was able to to, to 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 do it, man, which which is crazy. But hold on, and let's even. You said, yeah. okay, see, yeah, you're right. He might have not set the, the franchise record. But remember. That OKC team was a joke, and he took him to the playoffs. So, Facts. He I'm, took him. I'm, I'm right there with you, bro. Took him to the playoffs, and then let's let's even talk about some astonishing, crazy numbers um, from when he. I'm, I'm gonna read these off to you, Jay. Before he came to the franchise, and then after he came to the franchise, the drastic turnaround. So prior to CP3, when he when he was a rookie, um, his his first year. With the New Orleans um, Hornets, OKC Hornets, as you know, they had the Hurricane Katrina and all that. They switched venues, but um, so before him, they're 18 and 64, and they turned it around 20 20 game difference um, to his rookie year being 38 wins and 44 losses. Drastic turnaround. Damn. You switch shift that to the when he was with the LA Clippers the year before he got there, they were 18 games below 500 at 32 and 50. Switch that around eight eight game turnaround to forty and twenty six, so an eight win increase um, when he when he came there. Just this is just the first first season with the franchise. Switch that to Houston before him. Um, they're fifty five and twenty seven, still a good team, still an extremely good team. Um, without him, they flipped it around to sixty five and seventeen, a ten win increase with the Houston uh, Houston Rockets, and that's remember that is with James Harden. That's with a lot of good players on that team. He was able to take, make the most, take the best out of them and make them even better, which is, which is crazy. And then the wild thing, um, we know wild with, with the um, Phoenix Suns being 34 and 39 before he came. Still respectable, not bad, five games below 500. But with his, in his first season there, we saw what they did with, with him. 51 wins, 21 losses, 17 win increase, and led them to two games away from their first uh, NBA title. So in franchise history, man, what a, what a turnaround. Can't speak, speak enough about this dude, Chris Paul. Can't stand the dude. I don't, I don't love the foul baiting and all that and complaining to the refs. He's a pest, man, but he wins. He wins, and he does all the little things, like you said, John, um, to, to win and make his, bring out the best of his teammates, man, despite what the naysayers and haters say. Great stat, my brother. I love that find. That was a great find. Yes, sir, man. Um, let's keep this pushing, Jay. Love to, love to get that quick take. But quickly, Jay, let's we're we're not gonna <clears throat> talk too much about the playoffs and, and everything because we're stay tuned for for this um, upcoming next week. Um, excuse me, we'll we'll be previewing the playing game 
um, playing games on Monday and we'll be dropping that episode on Tuesday. And then following the playing game, we'll be doing our whole preview. Um, so Clutch Sides got you for the whole preview of um, the playoffs. And we'll be getting more in depth about series matchups and all that once the, the playoffs are set. But for right now, we know for the most part, every team has clinched uh, their spot for the playing game playoffs. And we can we have our bracket and our pool of that. But Jay, I want to get from you. Who are your playoff dark horses? Um, team, these are teams that aren't favorites, so they want to be your Phoenixes. They want to be, I guess, your Milwaukee's in the East. I don't even know what to say about the East because <laughs> there's so many teams who have been playing musical chairs there at the top of the top of the Eastern Conference. But in the West, it looks like um, the Memphises, uh, the Phoenixes, um, maybe Golden State are our favorite. But who who you got? Dark horses, West, East. Jay, talk to me. Maybe let's go. East, West, who are your dark horses from each conference? We'll okay. do that. <clears throat> the West, Jay, are you ready for this? Yeah. Minnesota Timberwolves. I really think okay. the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to keep keep this rolling. And I think, I think I think they might even get up in the playoffs and then probably, I mean, not probably, most likely get knocked out first round. Memphis is playing ridiculous. Um, but I <laughs> I don't know, Jay. I really I really have a big hunch on uh, on Minnesota Timberwolves because Cat. Um, we we mentioned when Malik Beasley's playing uh, up to that level, it just gives him a whole a whole different dynamic of the team. D- we know we know what D'Lo can bring and Patrick Beverly, man. That pest is just just gonna annoy other players, man. So that's who my um, that's who my Western Conference dark horse is. My Eastern Conference. Say I want to go Charlotte to be real, but just. I don't know, man. I just, I'll be honest, Jay, I don't know if they got that it factor, like, like mm-hmm. to, to be in the play in, like, I mean, to, to be in the playoffs, like at this level, I just, I don't know. I, I just think they're going to get embarrassed. I kind of like got embarrassed last season in the playoffs. Like they got yeah. pushed in the mouth and I don't know. I, I just, th- there's been nothing to show me to, uh, to, to prove to me that, that they'd actually be able to do any damage. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to pick, if I'm going to pick a dark horse, um, this team's kind of high up in the standings, but I mean, I don't think anybody but you and Oko called it, man, but that's the Toronto Raptors, bro. The Toronto Raptors, I think that they don't have the roster to be in the fifth seed, but for the fact that they are, uh, it's extremely impressive, and I think they're going to be a dark horse out the East. So let's, you know, as we see the playoff picture right now, as it stands on April 7th today, man, I I, got to say in the West, let's talk about the West. And this is a team that I really want to talk about. That's the Los Angeles Clippers, man. A team who most recently got back Paul George, but not even Paul George, Norman Powell, a player who'd been out um, for the past two months, broken foot, comes back last night, drops 24 points on the league leading, the team, the league in record, number one seed in in the uh, Western Conference, and that's the Phoenix Phoenix Suns. And the Clippers were up big against them last night. A team who took two, two games off of them, Western Conference, and there, there was a man by the name of Terrence Mann who last night, um, yesterday on his, uh, on his story, Instagram story that I saw all around Twitter, posted the three eye emojis, three eye emojis, um, which could be signified. I don't know if it was because Norman Powell's returning or a certain someone named The Claw, Kawhi Leonard, may be coming back. And which I say to that, Jay, if Kawhi Leonard, Paul George... And now the addition of Robert, Robert Covington, Norman Powell, and the depth that they have, Reggie Jackson, um, Marcus Morris, 
Is it Marquise or is it Marcus? I'm, I, I, I honestly, I always get him confused. One of the Morris brothers. I always get him confused, man. One of the Morris brothers. No disrespect. I always get him confused, man. He's a good. He's a great player, Marcus Morris. He's a good, good, solid role player. All the weapons that they have, I think the Los Angeles Clippers, if they, if they either, if they win the first game. They're going to give Memphis problems, and I think they're even going to give the Phoenix Suns problems. So whichever of those teams win, I think uh, whichever whichever team they play, I, I see them getting out of the playing game. To, obviously, wow. I think they're going to be a they're my dark horse potentially, maybe upset a team like Memphis, especially an uh, inexperienced team like Memphis and Phoenix. They could give trouble in that first round, but that's my dark horse in the West. And then you named it, Jay. I'm agree with you. Um, into to the with the Toronto Raptors, and I will say as we as it speaks in this first round, if it's the the if it as it sits right now, and we're looking at this bracket, and if for, for those of our listeners, viewers, um, subscribers can see if you're on YouTube, see this bracket, the four or five matchup between um, if this were to sit between the Raptors and the Philadelphia Sixers, I have the I have the Toronto Raptors in seven in the first oh. round, beating. <laughs> The Philadelphia 76. Brother, what? what? You heard it right here. That championship oh. experience, Federico Van Bleet, who I think deserves to be, um, who I think deserves to be an all-defensive team uh, member, whether it be first team or second team. Um, he's extremely deserving. He's been playing great all season. Um, Scotty Barnes, who I will say right now, I think deserves to be the rookie of the year. And uh, Pascal Siakam, who I think is going to prove Guys like Oko, um, <laughs> naysayers who were saying he wasn't a um, primetime player in the playoffs. I think this is his time to do it. And I just really believe um, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of Raptors games and, and the way that they're built. I think they always peak in April and May. And I believe they're going to get it done against the Philadelphia 76ers, who I'm not truly sold on. Wow. My dark Wow. You're here first. Okay. Dark wow. horse in the East. Say you went you with that with that sentence, that phrase, you went against everything that I've been thinking about. Like I got Mobley for rookie of the year. You went against that. I got Sixers for really going really deep. You went against that. But wow, I love it, Jay. I love the takes, Jay. Yes, man. Sure. And, and 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 for the fans, like just I mean, for the for, for the family, like for y'all out there, man, listening, like just know, like takes like that, me and Jay got so many in the vault. Just waiting. So for that for that playoff episode, that playing episode, you need to be tuned in like like heavy, man, because this is this is big, Jay. Wow, man. All right, Jay. Well, hey, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If Kawhi Leonard comes back. Yeah, they're my dark horse, too. But like with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George and Norman Powell, like I don't even think they're a dark horse. They would have been top five. Really? That, you, mm-hmm. Would you agree with me? You think they would have finished in the top five seed? I think they would have been top five. Yeah, I think man. they they just they just adapt so well. Ty Lu doesn't get enough credit, man. He he really puts his guys in positions, um, game plan wise, to succeed. So uh, so yeah, man. man Clippers, right? Clippers for real. I think I think regardless of Kawhi comes back, they're gonna give uh, one of those two two teams, whether it be Memphis or Phoenix, scares in the first round. Not saying they'll beat him, beat them without Kawhi. I won't go far to say. But I would say they scare either one of those teams, taking them um, either either six, five or six, at least getting two games off of those teams. 
Damn, Maybe even I mean, seven. I just, don't know. As you said that, I'm not going to lie. I just kind of thought to myself, like, how heartbreaking would it be for the Memphis Grizzlies to lose in the first round because Kawhi Leonard came back? That would be so heartbreaking after this amazing season they just had. And no one expected Yeah. That. Yeah. No, well, here's what I will say about Memphis. Um, it's been, for the most part, smooth sailing, even without Giles, um, even with Dylan Brooks, who missed a significant amount of time this season. Um, they've had starters out. They've had a lot, a lot, and they really haven't faced much adversity, especially for a young team, especially, especially, especially for a young team. Um, and, and I know I've raved about Memphis and, and I've been on record saying that, but I could see an instance where they, they could, could get bounced early because they really haven't faced true adversity of being tied in a series, maybe even being down. Um, besides last last season where they were, won their first game and then lost four straight against uh, Utah. Despite, I will say, give them credit, they won two with their backs against the wall, knocking off, I can't remember, I think it was San Antonio in the fir- first game of the playing game and then beating Golden State. But I will say they haven't fa- truly faced adversity. So I could see an instance where they do get knocked out in one of those first two rounds, maybe in the first round if they play a team um play a team hungry i don't know who 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 we got in that sixth seed right now who will truly end up in that sixth seed is it denver um is it utah we'll see in these next few days here but they could 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 happen jay that's That's all i'll say could happen yeah that would be that would be one of the craziest things that i feel like we've seen the season if grizzlies that would just be upsetting man but that would be a big lesson for them and that could help them you know come down the line man but all right, Jay. Hey, playoffs is right around the corner, my playoffs friend. Playoffs right, right around, around the corner. The corner. They start. Eight, they start uh, April sixteenth, and then playing starts right, in, right on April twelfth. So, man, that's right yeah. here, Jay. Right here. Man. All right, brother. So before before we get off here, my brother, I gotta talk to you about a game that I seen this week. It's my personal favorite game I seen this week, and this was on Tuesday, April fifth. I saw the Bucks beat the Bulls one twenty seven one oh six. Man, I mean. Let's talk. Let's get into the game. Uh, your first quarter was really beautiful basketball uh, to watch. Saw the Bucks have uh, twelve team assists, and uh, you just saw Grayson Allen, Chris Middleton, uh, Brooke Lopez. Shout out Brooke Lopez, really out there uh, handling it and getting it done both offensively and defensively. And then second quarter is when the game really got out of control. The Bucks outscored the Bulls 32-26, but it just seemed much worse. You know, when you're just watching and you're like, "Damn, like, yeah." I'm even. I don't remember the last time the the, the Bull uh, the Bulls scored and. Uh, the Bucks were just hitting everything, man. I mean, that second quarter, they shot 58% from the field and 40 for, 40% from three, while the Bulls shot 41% from the field and 20% from three. So just a, a, a tough quarter for the Bulls. It seems like there was a lid on that basket. But except for everyone except DeMar, man, because DeMar in that second quarter just took over, man, started scored 14 of the Bulls, 26 points in that second in that second quarter at halftime. DeMar DeRozan had 20 of the Bulls, 46 points. That was absolutely insane to watch, Jay. And then um, and then another thing I want to bring up, and this is kind of really why I um, kind of have the, 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 the Bucks being kind of my championship favorites. I mean, to be real is that halftime, right? Like you, if you just look at the box scores, Giannis had five points, two rebounds, zero free throw attempts, four assists. You would think like, damn, Giannis is having such a bad game, but because he's the Bucks' best player. And you would think, wow, the Bucks are having such a bad game, but no, that wasn't the case. The Bucks were up by like 20 at half at halftime with Giannis having such a bad game. And that, that just was like, 
damn, like the Bucks depth is just insane. And like Giannis really was showing me out there that he could do more because I'll be honest with you. Like I didn't agree with Harden and where I say he just puts his head down and dunks, but I definitely thought Giannis just kind of out muscles everybody, but I, I wasn't <clears> taking <throat> it away from him. You know, he worked for those muscles. So, you know, good, like good for him, but I didn't think he could affect the game in other ways, but man, he was facilitating out there moving, uh, uh, you know, r- r- really moving the rock. So just want to give a huge shout out to Giannis, but then on the, on, I know on the bull side, Zach, I mean, no Zach Levine. So you really would expect uh, Vucevic to step up as that second option. Doesn't step up at all. Shot an awful 18% from, uh, from the field and 20% from, from, from three. And then um, in that third quarter, Jay is when DeMar went off Jay, a ridiculous 20 points in the third quarter on 87% from the field, hundred percent from the free throw line. But I want to, I need to give a little, a little, like, mind you, like, mind you, he scored 20, but the Bulls scored 36 in that third, in that third quarter. So he, that's more than half. That's more than half. And and, and it was crazy, Jay, because you know, they say in the NBA, like, oh, good defense, but that was just a better shot. The Bucks were Mm -hmm. double teaming him. They were sending, they were sending uh, triangles at him. They they were sending the boxing ones, bro. He was getting out of everything, hitting every mid range. That was honestly like like insane to watch. And then um, on the and then on the Bucks side of things uh, for that third quarter, uh, Brooke Lopez really uh, really went off. Man, scored eleven points, two rebounds, two blocks owned Tristan Thompson and that's what really made me come to the come to the realization and you've been telling me Jay the Bulls need a big and and I've known but I just kind of just been trying to be oblivious to the fact that the Bulls need mm-hmm. a true big but man Brooke Lopez and, and and no disrespect to Brooke Lopez but I don't think that he's a, an, an elite big right you you wouldn't compare him to a Joel Embiid to um no. to Jokic to players like that and he own Tristan Thompson, Jay. I don't. I, Tristan Thompson in that third quarter didn't do a single positive thing. Uh, so I mean, that game was just crazy, Jay. Um, because uh, you know, Demar went off. Uh, but even though Demar scored a ridiculous forty points on sixty-one percent from the field, the Bucks still controlled the game, man. And 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 really, um, they, they still controlled the game the whole time and really proved their dominance. Um, but just real quick, Jay. Like I just want to read off. Um, I just want to read off uh, how the players who scored for the for for the the Bucks because this is a really extremely impressive. We had Chris Middleton with nineteen, Giannis eighteen, Brooke Lopez twenty eight, West Wesley Matthews eleven, Drew Holiday eleven, Bobby Portis thirteen, Grayson Allen thirteen, um, George George Hill five, Pat Connaughton uh, three. It's just like the the depth of that team is is crazy, man. And I think that th- this game, while I agreed the Bulls weren't fully in you know what i'm saying where they didn't have their full roster and didn't have lonzo didn't have zach levine i think the the bucks really flexed their uh their depth this year man and to to be real with you I, that's that's the reason why i got them winning this year john uh, jay like they, they just they, Jeez, they gonna do the it bucks. they gonna do it the bucks are a serious team to be reckoned with yeah it's scary because they can get uh scoring and and everything from other places other than Giannis. so that, that they're a dangerous dangerous threat but it's just why I don't have Giannis as the MVP, unfortunately, <laughs> but because he doesn't have, he has all the weapons um, as well as Joel um, in terms of he, he got in, he got in hard and that's what kind of threw me off. Um, but we're not even getting into awards like that. We're going to have a, a separate show coming up as well. So stay tuned for that. But that was, that was a wild good game and, and great recap, Jay.
Appreciate it, my um, brother. Appreciate yeah. it, brother. But um, man, Jay, do you, if you got it, you got anything else for us to talk about? Or are you ready for us to wrap sure. this up, Jay? We got we got some good wrap games. Up. We got the 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 Warriors about to probably beat the Lakers again tonight. We got the Warriors Lakers. I'm looking forward to that game, and and hopefully um two two clinch big game for the Warriors because it's uh if they win one of these games, they're able to clinch um, home court advantage in the first round. So that's big. Um, important. Russell Westbrook not playing. I just got them. that. So. That, that 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 okay that's, okay that's gonna make it hard. is, is Bron playing? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think Bron's playing. Okay, I haven't. I, I don't know. I haven't got a notification yet. But you need. Uh, you know. You you we we get those notifications on our phone. About yeah, is playing. I don't know. But I haven't got a notification about Bron, but I don't. I don't. I don't think he's gonna play. To be real, I don't know. So why is he I'm giving up the? Is he giving up the scoring title? Because because he has to play. He has to qualify for two of the three. That's why. That's the reason I asked. Actually, with that, um, he's probably going to play because yeah. he probably wants to, to, to secure that. So yeah, on the line, people don't look at him crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Man, all right, brother. Yeah. All right, man. Well, playoffs are right around the corner, my brother. I'm so excited. Um, it was great to see you, my brother. I'm going to see you soon. <laughs> but yeah, uh, likewise. But, but yeah, but you got any, any last words to say before we get out of here? No, man. Um. Yeah, gearing up for the rest of these playoffs. I always appreciate listeners, support, subs. Um, keep getting at us. If you haven't had a chance as well, check, go check out the Ivan Rab interview. It was a great interview. First first uh, NBA player that we, we've had on the show. Definitely check out that. Appreciate the support. Get the likes out, comments, subscribe on it if you're feeling it. And we're looking, we're looking to do more interviews uh, with, with some pro guys and um, some getting their takes so you can get a look on and what it tastes in the day to day being in the league and and, and uh, so that's something to look forward to for our for our listeners and, and subs man. But yeah. Yes, yes sir man. Yes sir man. Well, Jay said it all man. I ain't got nothing else to say. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. It'll be right here and in the description down below man. But that's it. We out of here y'all. Clutch talk out. Doses.